there is much more to the universe than what we can experience with our basic senses. As R. Buckminster Fuller said in one of my favorite quotes of all time, since the initial publication of the chart of the electromagnetic spectrum, humans have learned that what they can touch, smell, see, and hear is less than one millionth of reality. There is truth to that. However, some of us are gifted and can sense things beyond the scope of the average human experience. Some of us are born with it. Some of us have it triggered by trauma. And some of us grow into it through experience. Tonight, I welcome a dear friend to the circle to discuss what it's like to see or feel something just beyond the periphery of our expected reality and the challenges and gifts that come along with such a journey. I am your host, Flood. Welcome to XV Planets. Friends, fiends, and lovers of strange and wondrous things. Welcome back to XV Planets. I am your host, Flood. And tonight, I am very lucky to have a good friend uh, as my guest this evening, uh, Stephanie McGann Jansen. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I really appreciate it. Happy to be here, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Stephanie and I uh, connected on the Fireside app, which, as most of you know, is kind of my, my secondary routine. I have a, a couple of specials and uh, exclusive content over there with a whole slew of it coming in December, and I'll talk more about that later. But um, my my connection to Stephanie is she really started to tackle uh, disinformation on COVID vaccines and some of the you're a great filter. I'll just put it that way. So thank you, sir. Um, but that, uh, that caught my attention. And through the course of, uh, last several months of us chatting, I've developed a great amount of, uh, respect for you and always enjoy your presence. Um, and we'll get to the reason why I invited you particularly here tonight, uh, shortly, but Stephanie, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just telling my listeners a little bit about yourself. I would be happy to. And like I said, thanks again for um, having me. I think sometimes I've called you flood and that's been like a cool thing, right? So I'm supposed to do that. Um, again, thanks for having me. Um, John, it's been awesome to meet you. We have developed, I think, a great friendship over the last few months as creators on Fireside and mm -hmm. have come to really appreciate, I think, each other's content. And I think while on paper, people might say, oh my God, they're so different. They're, I think that we have a ton um, actually that are very similar in terms of backgrounds, in terms of experiences. And, um, and I think with that, you know, I have a large background in politics, um, public policy, um, business, startups, all kinds of stuff. I mean, again, on paper, I think I've lived in what probably looks like a very conservative world. Um, but I think I am, I think I'm also very creative and I think I'm someone who typically tends to um, look at the status quo and want to figure out a way to not do that, whatever that is. So I think, you know, part of our conversation I'm looking forward to is the fact that I think we oftentimes think that people live in very sort of singular worlds. If you live in the business world, then you are this. And if you were in this world, you are this. 
And the truth of the matter is, I think I've lived in multi-worlds. And I think you and I have collided into some of those um, similar experiences, or at least similar interests, mm-hmm. that bring us to um, you know this evening's conversation around what we know exists, which is the supernatural. Um, things that we do not see, things that we cannot are not necessarily tangible. But I think for some people that have an ability to see or hear or witness things that other people can't, it's a world that's there. And I'm very familiar with it. Absolutely, 100%. And what I found really, I I think you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head regarding the types of people you and I are, which is multidimensional. Like we're, you can't box us into one area, but um, that so, so the the reason I invited you on here is because I stumbled into the show on Fireside and you were talking about this whole other side of yourself that I had never heard you speak of before. And as soon as like that show is wrapped up, I'm like, I'm kidnapping you. You you are coming on to my show at least for <laughs> one episode because right. it was uh, it was actually heartwarming to me to know that I'm not the only one, uh, especially on the Fireside platform. Right, right. Um, but it was also uh, a really interesting story, and it was. Um, a, a little bit closer to some of the experiences that that I've had, which is not so much um, scary and spooky, but uh, kind of a heartfelt understanding that there is something mm-hmm. a little just like right beyond our realms of perception. Yeah, right, absolutely. And I think the show that you came into, I was actually on with um, Dr. Amy, who is actually a therapist, but she is someone who, I mean, she may consider herself a medium, a psychic, I'm not sure what, but she sees beyond a typical therapist relationship where if there are kids or there are adults that are seeing certain things, she wants to dig into, I mean, are you actually having a psychosomatic event that requires or would, or you could benefit from medication? Is there something else going on? And the fact that she even examines that as a possibility is incredibly unique. And so her content is always very interesting. And that's why she had me on to talk about some of the experiences that I've had that I passed along or someone passed along to my daughter. Um, And again, it's a world I'm very comfortable with. And I think it's funny in today's world. We think this is weird or it's strange or that's crazy. And the truth is, I don't think it's any of the above. Um, I think it just is. I uh, well, two things. First, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I had uh, I had Dr. Amy on about four or five episodes as well. Oh, cool! Um, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome, awesome. Um, but I, I, I think that is starting to shift a little bit. Um, I mean, all right. So I hate to to like start calling out the numbers, but in the last two years since we've been going through this pandemic and people have become a little bit more isolated, people have had to look inward a little bit more and open themselves up to different types of experiences and feelings. And if you look at the numbers, the amount of uh, UFO sightings, uh, paranormal investigations that have started to pop up, it's just, it's been crazy the last couple of years. Interesting. So I'm, I am wondering if we might potentially be on like a, a global consciousness push towards spirituality mm-hmm. uh, in some way. That's interesting. Form. I didn't know that data. It makes sense though. Um, mm-hmm. We had to all kind of the world came to a standstill, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And certainly with the world that we decided to accept as, as normal, which is not normal, right? The American way of living is it's, it's fast. You're constantly running. You're constantly exhausted. And that fast standstill to your point, it, it forced kind of a, a quieting. And then if you're on quarantine, which many of us were, of course, um, you're right. You're sort of sitting with yourself or with your family or whatever. And 
it changes what you're paying attention to. And so that's really interesting. And I think that's probably a great point. I didn't know that. So that's interesting to know. Yeah, it's um, my brother and I went on this long four hour conversation about this stuff not too long ago about how even though it's been incredibly challenging and the last two years have certainly produced a whole lot of chaos and a whole lot of pain for people. It's pretty obvious to me that there is a flip side to that and that there are people who are diving further into their creativity. Um, they're diving further into their spirituality and um, a whole lot of bad Netflix shows too. That's in oh, there. You know, for <laughs> sure. For sure. But that's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that. So um, yeah, I think the timing, I think the timing is great. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the, there's a whole report on it at one point. If you're interested, I'll send you the, the link to it. It was, it was pretty crazy, but yeah. In, in particular, um, me stumbling into that one show with, uh, you and Dr. Amy and, and hi, Amy, I'm sure you're listening to this one. Um, <laughs> uh, come back, come back and hang out. That was really? such a fun conversation. I know, um, she's great. but I would, uh, I would like you to share your experience with my listeners. Cause I found it to be so fascinating. Absolutely. So just a, just a super quick background. Um, ever since I was really quite a little girl, um, I think I always had experiences that I, would, I, I didn't really know how to synthesize them because there was no one around me who had similar experiences. So I was kind of quiet about it, right? I would notice that I could see something or, a, or someone that I, I felt like I could tell that they weren't really there in the normal way that we see people, but yet there was a figure that was there. And I mm -hmm. could feel much like if somebody walks in a room, you know, you hear stories about if you're, if you're facing a wall and somebody walks in, you can feel them. So it was that same type of thing where I could feel them, but more than that, if I turned around or if I looked across the room, I could see them. They just weren't in the normal, you know, 3d human form that we would see it in or 4d. Um, and it was something I just got comfortable with. Um, and it wasn't even a specific, you know, age range or it's just sometimes I would just see things. And so the first experience that, you know, really stood out was being a little girl in a Mexican restaurant um, in Southern California when I had this overwhelming voice that was saying, um, you know, you, you have to find, you have to find my dad. My dad's here and I have a message for him. And I, I wasn't scared. It felt very, um, okay. <laughs> and then I remember thinking, I don't know how to find your dad. So I just started calling out. <laughs> and then this little voice said, um, there's been a loss. And that's not, I mean, I was little and so it probably wasn't that mature. Like I'm not really sure, but I do remember, I think it was loss because when you're little, the term loss is usually, you know, I lost my toy or I lost my, right. It's a physical, I lost something versus when we use the term loss in terms of maybe losing a life or losing your mind or the way which we've all, <laughs> God knows done multiple times. So I, I, um, but I, I felt like there was this clarity about needing to ask, you know, that somebody lost someone or somebody, or maybe even somebody died. And I don't know why I knew that. And I don't know, I had no context to metabolize that word loss as something that could relate to death. Long story short, I just started to kind of yell out in a restaurant. And as you can imagine, that was received oddly as people <laughs> began to turn in their seats and look at me and wonder what was going on with this child, and <laughs> as did my family. And eventually, out of the back of the restaurant came one of the uh, chefs or cooks, um, and he only spoke Spanish, and he was, and he was crying. 
and he said, Miha, Miha, and which, you know, is affectionate, like little girl, you know, feminine. Um, and he was saying, K, K, like what, what? And, and I said, oh yeah, <laughs> like a very, oh yes, it's you. Um, and I said, your son, your little boy wants you to know that he's sorry that he had to go, but he has a little sister on the way. I mean, I guess that might've been a, oops. But, <laughs> but way to spoil um, the gender reveal. I mean, right, right. God, uh, honestly, and um, and I said, so he has to hang around until she's born. But once she's here, he has to go. But he's okay, and he's just going to be around for a while. But as soon as she's here, he has to go. And again, I don't, I, I don't remember understanding what I was saying necessarily, but on some level, I feel like I did. I was really little. And mm. um, how old, how old were you? Like, I mean, I feel like five or six. Okay. That's, you know, that's pretty young to be sort of hanging out with, you know, the supernatural and sort of letting people know what's going on. The children are way more uh, right. connected course. to it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think if we were living at a different time, somebody would have taken me straight away to get medicated, right? Like, what are you talking about? And you're hearing something. I mean, that would have been an easy case for that to happen. So I had a few more experiences like that. And, and fast forwarding, um, I became a mom. And within the first two years, I'm like, oh, she's got it. Whatever that it is. And I, and I, I just, I could just tell. I could tell when she would look away at something and I could almost tell she was seeing something. Um, I, I can't even, I don't even know how to actually explain to you that I could tell she was seeing something versus the stare of a kid who needs to take a nap. I don't know how to explain it to you. Um, for some Not that they were staring out of exhaustion, but they were watching something. I mean, it was right? just, I can't explain to you how clear it was. And I think some of that is just, you get connected to your children, especially as the mom in a really interesting way. It's very interesting, but um, the most, I think the compelling story that you, that you came in on, um, which, which was a little hair raising for me, I will not, I will not deny, even though again, <laughs> sort of that world of the supernatural was familiar to me and it didn't feel scary to me. Um, especially because I hadn't had interactions with the spiritual world or the non-physical world that I, I never saw violence. I never, so I never had a, an experience that was frightening to me. It was always mm. pretty much like I have information. Could you share it? And I felt very comfortable. Yeah. So this was a little different because my daughter, unfortunately, was seeing really horrible things. So what right. I learned is that she would see things that had already happened and that the spirit of the soul of whatever you want to look at this, of that human being that was alive had had something really bad happen and they weren't quite crossed over to the other side, if you will. Um, or whatever that means. Maybe there's a lot of sides. I don't profess to know, by the way. Um, nor do I profess to to even fully understand it. It's bigger than my my brain can even comprehend. But whatever space this soul, this being was in, um, she would always see horrible, I mean, movie violence. And I didn't know how to make that stop. So that was hard. And there was a particular night where she, and she was probably six years old, around the same age that I was when I had one of my first, I mean, experiences that I can really, really remember. Mm -hmm. And she came tearing down the hall, um, screaming bloody murder and flew into bed with me and said, um, Oh my God, I was waking up and I thought you died. I thought you were killed. Actually I said killed. Somebody killed you. 
And immediately I thought you had a bad dream. I totally get it. Children go through a phase where they start to wonder what would life be like if something happened to my parent. I felt like this was super obvious. So I gave her a hug and I said, it's fine. She goes, it's not fine. And she was like very adult about it. Like it is not fine. And this is what I saw. Mm -hmm. And she explained that there were shadows on her wall. She saw them. She was very clear. There were three or four men. There was a woman. She could tell by the form. And she was, and she was, half of her wanted to take me down the hall to her room and half of her didn't. And she was scared. And I said, well, let's, let's go look. I'll take my flashlight and we'll turn on your light. And so she was sort of hesitant. We're going down the hall and it's just, it's pitch black. And I go in her room and I didn't feel anything, which doesn't mean anything necessarily, but, um, I flipped on her light and she goes, no, 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 it's not about the light. And I was like, okay. So I turned off the light and there was a little bit of moonlight coming in her room. And I said, what, what did you see? And so she started to point to the, to the wall and she was showing me, you know, there were three or four men. I think there were four. And then there was a woman and she was doing a, 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 um, a motion of a man that had a knife and it was very clear and it was very clear that it was going into her chest many times and that every time it went into her chest and remember these were just shadows right Mm -hmm. the woman kept falling back falling back falling back and eventually to the ground and then eventually stopped moving and the men and she said she could tell that it was men behind um the the man who was doing the stabbing were sort of cheering and sort of celebrating is what she could tell from the movement of these shadows And that, and that she was just terrified. And, and, and I thought it was, so she was thinking that the woman who was being stabbed was me. And so she was relieved to see, obviously when she came down the hall, that that wasn't me. And so she had seen enough things that weren't necessarily, um, frightening, but they were a little frightening to her and she wasn't doing a very good job of explaining it. It could have been her own discomfort with it. It could have been her own inability to sort of explain what she was seeing like me. She was seeing something, but it wasn't really the way we see things. And how do you explain that? And so this was the first time she was really sort of owning it because she was really scared. So, um, so she began to describe to me that she saw, um, they were, they were all in shadows, but it was very clear that there were three or four men and there was a woman and she had total clarity that there was a man that had a knife that was stabbing this woman in the chest multiple times. And every time he did, she could see the impact of the knife and the weight of it as the woman began to fall to the floor and then eventually stopped moving. And so it was pretty specific and it was obviously really violent and it terrified her. And she was afraid that she was seeing that happen to me. And so I had this moment where I thought she's seeing really bad things in the spiritual world and I wonder what's happening. And I was thinking about people that were sort of tortured that weren't quite, that were in between or other side or where, whatever that looks like. Right. Man. And that these were the things that were communicating with her. So I don't know why this occurred to me, but I thought there's a, we were renting this house and I didn't know the neighborhood well. And I thought I'm going to call a realtor friend of mine who sells a lot of houses in this area. And I'm going to find out because anytime you transact real estate, if there's been a homicide or suicide or death in a house, you have to disclose that right. in a property if you sell the property. Now, that was a long shot. And honestly, I don't know why I thought of it, but I did. And so I called her and I just said, hey, listen, can you do me a favor? And I told her what what had, you know, what had transpired. And I said, can you find out if there's been anything like that that has happened um, on the off chance we see a real estate transaction? If anything like this has happened to a house in the general area, right? Pick a zip code or whatever area you want. And she called me back in two hours and said, yeah, actually that very specific thing happened. Um, I have the police report and it was a husband who murdered his wife and there were other men there. They left 
and she had been lying there dead for, I think, five or six days. And I think somebody just couldn't reach her. And so they, they wound up going over to the house and found her. And so that was my moment of, okay, I've actually validated that she saw something specific and something is trying to tell her this, but why? Right. And there were two rooms in this house that we were renting that both Maddie and I couldn't go into. And they were very cold. Nobody in that, nobody else in the house was affected that way, but we, we just couldn't, we felt but uncomfortable. You, if you walked in there, mm-hmm. we felt okay. uncomfortable. It was cold. The pressure. Um, like we just couldn't, we, we couldn't, we couldn't be in these two rooms and they were towards the front of the house. And by the way, the house where the murder had occurred was across the street, two houses down. So these were the two rooms in the house we were renting that were closest to the property where this had occurred. Does that make oh, sense? wait. So, so, so the, the event didn't actually happen in your house. It happened across the street, two houses down. Oh, that's screwed up. Right? So I'm like, well, why are you here? So, so I literally got some sage. I called a friend of mine from Mexico who had like, she was super Catholic. Because part, you know, part of being in Mexico too is that you, being raised Catholic is part of your culture. It's not just a religion. Like it's part of your culture, right? So mm-hmm. she had candles that had been blessed by the Pope and she had all these dolls and I'm like, bring everything. So I just said, bring everything. And so we started doing these sort of rituals. And actually this friend of mine, who's um, who had the female members of her family that were also obviously from Mexico, still living there, were known in Mexico, in this certain part of Mexico as healers. And they were all viewed as people who had spiritual gifts. So she came with her full, I don't want to say arsenal, but her full toolkit. <laughs> and and we began to go through every square inch of the house. And she was singing these beautiful, beautiful songs in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what it meant, but I didn't care. I was following her lead. And we were going around and around and around. And we finally got to, the, to my daughter's room. And she said, please go get me an egg and a bowl. And put oh, water in the bowl. Mm-hmm, and I was mm-hmm. like, what? Oh, yeah. She said, yeah, get it. You, John's all, this is my wheelhouse. Okay, it wasn't mine. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, Very give me an egg, but yeah. it has to be raw. It can't be hard boiled. Like, it has to be mm-hmm. raw. And and then get a bowl and you're going to bring it upstairs. And I'm like, okay, I'm trusting you. So off I went. I got a bowl, filled it with water, <laughs> grabbed the egg. And I walked upstairs and I said, what are we doing? She goes, we're going to put this under her bed. And the egg is going to be in the water, in the bowl, under her bed. And I want you to check it. Oh my God. You actually know what I'm talking about. I, yes. That's hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> this is hilarious. Cause I, I was like, okay, Monica, I was just, okay, I'll go with it. So she goes tomorrow morning. I want you to call me and I want you to tell me what you see. I'm like, what? Okay, cool. Okay, fine. It was hard to keep my daughter in her bed that night. Cause she was terrified, but I left some lights on and, and, and in fact, nothing had happened. But the next, <laughs> the next morning, you know, she was pretty tired, but I got her ready for school, took her to school and I came back and I was really nervous, but I had no idea what to expect. And so I went under the bed and I grabbed the bowl and <laughs> I called her and I said, okay, I have this, you know, I have this egg and she's like, okay, she goes, I want you to crack it. And I'm like, okay. And so I did and it was black and it was gooey Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what is this? And she goes, well, that's horrible. It also confirms. And so she's like, I'm coming back and we're going to do like a blessing over this whole situation. And hopefully this spirit will have passed and that this is, so then she came over and she said, again, speaking in Spanish. And by the way, she's this beautiful, beautiful a woman from Mexico who's speaking Spanish, which just sounds amazing and looks amazing. And so she's doing (laughs) this whole thing. And, um, 
And the shadows did not come back, but the cold stayed and we couldn't get rid of it. And eventually she never saw anything again, but we actually eventually moved because we couldn't, one of the rooms that was so cold was under my daughter's room. And sometimes her room would get cold too. And I finally just said, look, we're out of here. And it wasn't because another event happened, but we felt unsettled and we had felt unsettled prior. And then when this happened, it was awful. But then from then on, like, we just couldn't settle down the energy, the cold just wouldn't leave. It would. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But, but you, you said like you, you said like the intense visions that stopped, but that weight, that heaviness and that cold just, it was, it was just, it was chilling. I mean, it was, it, it was, um, I mean, we had a fireplace and we couldn't get warm. I mean, it started just permeate the house. And I even remember one night I just kind of lost my mind and I started saying, I don't know who you are. Really sorry this happened. But get out. <laughs> Please <laughs> leave then, me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I started from that. And then one time I just like sat downstairs very calmly and I tried to just say, I'm so sorry. This must have been so tragic, but you aren't here anymore. You aren't here anymore. And it's okay. Like release this, this pain from this life doesn't need to be yours anymore. You're not, you don't belong here anymore. It's time for you. And I, so I was trying these different approaches, right? Do I be aggressive and scary? Do I just sit down and like have these nice conversations? And that feeling of cold just never left. And it was a, it was a kind of cold where, you know, if it's cold, you can put on a jacket and you can get warm. It didn't matter. Like you, we could have layered and everything. It didn't matter. We had to move. We had to move. Did you, so, did you move because of that? Yeah. We actually did. Cause it, I just, it was, it was hor- like, it was horrible. And I have to say, I did, I never had the sense that we were in danger. That would never occur to me. It was just that I couldn't get comfortable and neither could my daughter. It was just, it was constantly stressful. No rest, no peace. Never, never. It was awful. So we finally, we did, we moved. But it was interesting because fast forwarding that, I did start a ritual with with my daughter where I said, look, we're literally going to wake up every morning and say, um, like, I get that I'm connected to the spirit world and I'm okay with it. But what I want to do is see things that help people. I want to see things that benefit people. I want to see things that are messages to people that are here from messages that from people that aren't here anymore, um, that help them in their lives. And so we started doing some pretty specific, you can call them prayers. You can call them meditations, whatever, whatever form you feel comfortable with. But we started to do this on a pretty regular basis. Banishing the bad, calling yeah. forth the good, basically, and in, exactly. in terms. Yeah. Exactly. And I have to say that it did work. It took a few months, but it actually did work. And so pretty soon those messages became pretty either benign or they were helpful. And and the, the bad things um, actually didn't come back. It was really interesting. And it's not that I had any one professional that was helping me along the way. It was just based on like what I knew from my own experiences. And let's just talk to them or it or whatever and say, this is not, I, this is not, I don't want this to be my gift. I can't see this. And so that actually worked. And, um, and so that was kind of that one story. But what was interesting to me is over the last five years, I have had, I had a three-year period that was in tents that I'd never had before, which is I could walk into a, I mean, I'm not kidding you, a train station and I would get hit with messages from so many people 
that were supposed to be directed at so many people. I could be in a stadium. I could be in, and it was like, I, I didn't even know there was no connection. Like, Hey, this is my voice that I'm talking to this person. It was overwhelming. It was like a thousand people screaming Mm -hmm. at you at once. And it was happening at rapid fire. And so I finally had to go back to the table and say again, like, Hey, like we just had a conversation a couple of years ago with my daughter. Now we're going to have a conversation with me because (laughs) this isn't working. And, And, and so I kind of went through that. Then that stopped. Then what happened is it happened to me. I was doing a ton of traveling at that time. Um, I had clients that were all over the state and a couple outside the state. And so I was on the road a lot and I would find that it was happening to me and it wasn't mass anymore. It was something as simple as a plane would land. I would check into a hotel. I would go to the bar in the hotel and have a cocktail, check my phone, check emails. And I would get a specific message from someone about the bartender. Like it was very specific and it was only one person. Then it would be, I'd be on an airplane and I had a client in Vegas. And so you'll appreciate this. Anyone who's flown to and from Vegas, you have some interesting flights. Interesting is a really nice, fun way of putting an absolute fucking nightmare. I'm just going to call you out on that. Not only are the flights (laughs) themselves um, a total shit show, because if you fly into Vegas when it's really hot in Vegas... When you come from Northern California and you go to Vegas, depending on the heat, which it can be 110, et cetera, when you, when you, with that heat combined with the mountains, it's like the worst roller coaster, like the roller coaster broke, but you're still on it and it's flinging you around. I mean, it's that kind of stuff. I see. I was more referencing to the fact that on the way there, pretty much everybody's like doing okay. But if you're taking a flight out of Vegas and there's that. Half of them right. are way too fucking drunk to be flying. So boom. So that was part two because it's actually relevant to the conversation. So okay. it's not just sorry, the physical sorry. flight itself, which is a shit show, <laughs> but it is the fact that you board the plane from somewhere to Vegas, where to your point, like everybody's already hammered or they're getting hammered on the plane. This is obviously pre COVID, right? Because they don't even serve alcohol anymore. Um, and you get a lot of bachelor parties, bachelorette parties. And so these flights are just chaos, right? And then you oh, yeah. land and everybody gets off. But the coming back, those flights are people are hung over. Oftentimes they're vomiting because going back to exhibit A, those flights can get super gnarly when it's really, really hot. And so you have people who are hung over and sick to their stomachs and you throw them on one of these flights that are like banging you around. It's- and also really regretting that last minute wedding they decided to be a part of the night before. All of it, right? They have a ring on. I don't even know who would I marry. Like it's, it's and they're just it's, staring at it, going, what the f- right? It's a, it's a, it's a shit show. Yeah. So sorry, go ahead. This one particular flight, um, it was super hot, so I knew the flight itself was going to be out, you know, just out of control. It's not even turbulence. I don't, there's another level of something that I don't know what the word is for, but anyway, the flight was packed, and there was one seat left, and it was next to me. And I started laughing. I'm like, I, I guarantee you someone is going to board last minute and they're probably going to throw up on me. I just knew it. I'm like, this is just going to be my life. I swear. Cause I'd been on too many flights. So sure enough, <laughs> they're like, okay, they're going to take off. And then wait, we have one more passenger. This girl board. She looked like she's in her early twenties hammered and nauseous. And you can see it. Cause she's kind of got that. Like, <laughs> like oh, great, great. Uh-huh. Just doing like, that, doing that number, just like yeah. that, and we haven't taken off yet. And I'm like, Which I'll oh. screenshot that image of me going for the uh, the release of this, so people know what we're talking about. Because that is the <laughs> that's the thing. 
No. So I'm thinking to myself, all right. So, you know, we start, uh, we start, you know, we're taxing on the tarmac and the flight attendant is doing her thing about exits and all that other stuff. And I look over at this girl and I said, well, a couple things, just a couple thoughts for you. Number one, these flights are really bumpy. And so if you're nauseous and I grabbed, you know, the vomit bag and I grabbed mine and hers and I said, take this, please. Uh-huh. Take so we're going to open this up and you're going to hold this under you. She's like, I'm fine. And I'm like, yeah, you're definitely not fine. So <laughs> sure enough, we take off and guess what? Anyway, that's another part of the story, but it was unpleasant. Right? Oh, and God, then, I'm and so then we're around and she's like, do you think they have ginger ale? And I'm like, sister, they can't stand up like this. Like they would die. So, so awesome. the, the, the heat waves were just shaking everything. Oh, it was, and, and it's and it's where you're taking off and then you do a drop, right? Where you just literally you you drop hard. There is and something then the plane about that. Stops. It's a yeah. nightmare. Anyway, that isn't really the point. The point is we finally <laughs> hit you know whatever altitude that we're going to be cruising at, and she's kind of calmed down. She apparently lost what she needed to her stomach, and she tells me she's feeling better, which I'm relieved because again, in a cabinet that's not exactly flinging lots of fresh air. I'm sitting next to the puke bag going, I am, and I'm doing my best to not, it was just brutal. But so all these hungover people on the flight, it's super packed. And all of a sudden, guess what? I have a message for her. And I'm like, Oh shit. I can't get into this right now. She's hungover. She's, I think she's done vomiting. I can't do it. It's like, Nope, Nope. This is what you need to tell her. And I'm like, Oh my God. And so I looked over at her and I said, Hey, like this could be bad timing. I know you're not feeling very good, but, um, do you have sons? And she turns to me and her eyes get big and she goes, what? Like, who are you? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, <laughs> sorry, this is hard to do sober, let alone hungover. Sorry. Um, but you have a, one of your boys lives with you, but one of them doesn't. And again, her eyes are getting really wide. And they're starting to well up with tears. And I, I said, you're supposed to get your other boy back. It's time now. And she started to cry. So as you can imagine where you're on a flight, that's completely packed. People are hungover um, or drunk. Um, so there's a variety of just nausea and then just still having fun. And then I have this girl next to me who is now in tears and I'm regretting all of my life choices at this point. <laughs> and, uh, and she said to me, Um, I have been praying about this for a year and I have been praying that I would get a sign that it was time. And I didn't know if it was, and I didn't know if I could. And I was praying throughout the weekend for someone, some sign that I could get him back. And she said, and you, you are like, you're like the angel I prayed for, because this is what I wanted to hear. And I said, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad. And then she proceeded to sort of explain how she didn't have him anymore and why, and that she felt like she was ready to have him back. Now she was a single mom and she was under a great deal. It was a very, actually it was a very, very sad story. Yeah. So then she said, can I connect with you on Facebook? And I'm like, oh, sure. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, two months later, she sends me a message on Facebook and she said, I got him back. He's living with me now. And so those are the moments where I feel grateful mm-hmm. that I have that, if you want to call it a gift, if you want to, I mean, whatever, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to put on that. But I've had a lot of those experiences where 
I have made a shocking, I've given a message to someone who had been, again, meditating, praying, whatever that looks like about that thing that I wound up coming up to say, you need to know this. Right. And those are the cool moments of these hard things, right? Those are the moments where you go, oh, so cool. When you see somebody burst into tears and then they come back to you later and say, hey, this is what happened. And it was amazing. So, you know, so that's the other side of it. But it's, um, I haven't had an occurrence in a really, really long time. But I will say that while I haven't had a specific message and I'm not, I haven't actually necessarily seen anything a long time. I will tell you that I have an uncanny ability to kind of read people and not just sort of see them at face value, but see kind of the behind the face value, like who they probably really are mm. or what they're struggling with, which I think from a fireside perspective, John, like you've, and you've been very complimentary and very kind to me saying, you know, you had this amazing conversation and Stephanie, that was really the way that you handled it. Right. Or the, this is, was a really divisive subject and nobody got uncomfortable or, or mad. Like you were just really great at how you did it. And I, mm-hmm. And I think, and I appreciate that compliment, but I think that some of that is led by the fact that I, I don't know how else to explain it, except like I can see you, but I feel like I can see past you. And I feel like I can understand you without having had similar life experiences, but I still feel like I understand you. Mm-hmm. And I know that can sound kind of silly to someone else listening to this conversation. Like, well, I can understand people too. No, we've talked about this. But before, you know what I mean? Though, There's like, just... like we, we, we do kind of feel like a ex- extended family at the very least. Right. Uh, and um, exactly. you know, I've, I've definitely picked up on that as well. So yeah. I, I deeply appreciate that. Yeah. So it's just, it's something that. This um, is the one place on the internet I can promise you, you're not allowed to feel weird about anything. Anything. <laughs> well, no, there's a few things that you should feel I weird feel about, like, but I'm not going to talk about those on this show. I was show. just no. going to say, I feel like you uniquely can't necessarily say that, but but anyway, but anyway, so that's, I mean, so that's kind of the story that you, that you came into and that's sort of like my story too. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so it's, but it's been a while since I've had kind of one of those occurrences, but I do think that what's interesting about this time now about being a creator on Fireside is that I do, I do feel very, I do notice that I feel very connected to people that I don't know, that I've never met, that have vastly different life experiences. And yet I feel connected and that I can actually speak to and with them in a way and ask questions and lean into things that I have no knowledge of or no understanding of and can have a conversation with people as if I had that shared lived experience. There is a, a really, it, there's there's a really really unique connection that I have developed uh, towards the the lot of what I refer to as my fireside family, the, the yeah. people that I I really connected with whenever we this thing kicked off and we all started chatting together and yeah. it's uh, very meaningful and it's connected me to so many amazing wonderful people such as yourself. Um, but also, you know, like you said, like people that you would never expect to actually find a connection with. And then this, uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like there's this, um, so, so the instinct, the, the, um, the gift that you're talking about, it seems to have, uh, evolved into reading people. If it's, you know, if it's not actively reacting with you, you have a good compass for Mm -hmm. who people are and, I think that's amazing. And I think it's something that we all need to develop a little bit more of. 
And I love that you just said that we need to develop because I think the truth of the matter is I think there's an assumption or kind of a modern day thing, which is like, oh, you have it or you don't. And that's just not true. No, we, we all have option to it. And actually, like, I'm going to I'm going to shift the conversation for a second and explain that always been there for all of us. It is there. Um, if if so, so I'm just going to fucking drop the hammer on the woo woo is um, we've we've gone through centuries of technological civilization based advancements and and things like that and and that has been great for us to grow as a species and to you know expand but it has also removed us uh, a little bit from i think our our concept of spirituality and i i do think it takes a little bit of effort to really get back in touch with that and it also obviously takes an incredibly open mind and for somebody who was a card carrying atheist up until like two and a half years ago man my perceptions are completely changed now yeah yeah i um as a matter of fact uh the 29th that was my that was my one year uh, that was my one year anniversary on officially going on my very first paranormal investigation Oh, wow. Everything has changed since then. Yeah. From the very first one that I did. And um, I got to admit, I I seem, I I think I'm starting to pick up that I'm a magnet for this stuff. Mm. Um, Because anytime that I go out to any locations that I'm trying to investigate, if I I have the right amount of people with me or the right people with me and I have the right frame of mind, something happens. Mm Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's been pretty dark when those things happen. Mm. Like the feedback that I've been getting, and it's not that it uh, it's it's not that it's scary or it's um, you know spooky. It is I am very much an empath, and okay, so I pick up on those feelings and those senses. So sometimes those sessions can get a little intense, and I gotta yeah. I gotta call it off and, yeah. and bail. But I want to share with yeah. you. What happened to me? Or hello, puppy dog. Um, I know I was going to say, where's the mute button? Just in case. No, no, no. You're fine. This is a dog friendly podcast. People already have dealt with this before. Okay. Our first few episodes, I had Cora like, okay, okay, you know, just the whole time. So we're good. Yeah. So um, on October 30th, uh, I took part of a a group ritual um, that was very much kind of based in the uh, classical or traditional envisioning of what Samhain actually is. Right. Which is not as... Uh, you say pagan and people immediately start thinking about people dancing naked around fires and it just pisses me off. You no, can say that word with me because I'm not confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, the, the ritual was, uh, you know, a cycle of death and rebirth and right. then... Um, reaching out beyond the veil, calling in our ancestors, reaching out to spirits that have passed. And there, there must have been like 30 people involved in this from across the entire planet. Uh, we were all on this one chat together. Everybody was making food for their favorite uh, past relatives wow. and offering it to the altar. Wow. Uh, every, everybody carved the sigil into a candle. We lit it. And then we had a guided meditation, which was like the... Uh, kind of the starting point of the ritual 
And I chose to do it right here in the studio, uh, sitting on the floor right there behind me and just kind of got as close to the ground as I could, relaxed my mind. I listened to this guy's meditation as he was uh, saying it to all of us. Right. And when he got to this one point of open your heart, open your mind, and open your soul up to invite your ancestors in to commune with you. It took a total of five seconds before the the air in the room completely changed. Things got warm, but I got a chill, but not in a I'm scared way, like a something is happening type of way. And I felt a hand on my shoulder. And when I opened my eyes, uh, the very first thing that I see is, and I, I'm not going to turn my computer right now because it would cause too much of a ruckus, but my... My grandfather made this amazing table out of a slice of petrified olive tree. Whoa. Uh, like 50, 60 years ago or so. Actually, probably longer than that. And um, when I opened my eyes, that was the very first thing that I saw. And as soon as I laid eyes on that, I felt, I felt a grip on my shoulder. Not just resting, but I noticed it. And I got a firm grip. The very next night was Sow and Proper, and that's when I popped into Forrest Burgess doing his uh, show with the medium. And right. he invited me up on stage, and I hung out for a while and didn't get a single word in because they were just going off 90 miles an hour. But uh, towards the end, he opened it up to the floor and said, well, John, you're already here. Would you like a reading? I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? It took a total of four sentences for him to get out. I feel a presence next to you, um, grandfather. I just, Is that right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, like, if you go back and watch the video, you can see me, like, wow. I had to bail. It was too much. Like, uh, it brought me to tears, and wow. it, was a, it was a beautiful experience, but it was a, so incredibly intense, right? Wow. But it didn't stop there. Um, ever since that ritual and ever since the, the following night when I had, like, some random medium uh, just say, granddad's still there. I have been seeing things on the periphery of my vision um, for like the last week at this point. And uh, we're coming, well, not quite a week, but yeah, it's a, it was a very, very different experience for me. And I feel like uh, whatever has happened to me in the last, in the last several days has kind of, uh, opened up a different level of perception that I don't think I was really into. Uh, like, I didn't fully connect with or didn't fully let myself uh, connect to up until recently, but it is something else. John, do and, you have um, a sense... I'm just, I'm just out of curiosity. Do you have a sense of why your grandfather versus anyone else and why the moment that you started that, that you would feel that that shoulder, because I feel like that's also a very loving, sort of very dude thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm right here. You know, it's kind of that, it's kind of that I'm here. And did you get, and did you get a sense of like spirit guide? Like I'm, I'm, I'm arriving now to guide you through this next, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it absolutely does. I, uh, I, I, I do think that there is a um, 
a spirit guide emerging. I don't think it's my granddad, though. I think okay. he's here to let me know that this is okay for, for me to keep pursuing. Because... Yeah, it was it was definitely him. And um, th there is something new developing in, in me, but I'm not really sure what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's definitely, like, I've always had an interest in this stuff, but it hasn't been until the last couple of years that I... I truly put myself in the center of it and opened up to it. Okay. And now it's just going off like rapid fire. Yeah. Um, Are you comfortable with it? I am. I am very much so. I, I will I will flat out tell you that uh, I, I do have some plans over the next few months that I have concerns about. Um, like the, the Sally House thing, I got... I think that's going to be a tough trip. I think that's going to be a really tough trip. What do, you, um, what do you mean when you say that's going to be tough? What does that look like? <laughs> I mean, do you um, mean tough like there's so much coming at you that you might be putting yourself in a position you shouldn't? I am putting myself at risk, yes. Okay. But so I, I also have a very distinct instinctual feeling that I am supposed to go there. Oh, uh, so it's kind of like, like it's it's a journey that I'm supposed to make, but okay. I, I am also really getting signs that I need to prepare myself for what's going to happen. Because this... I've never been there before, mm -hmm. but it is already directly communicating with me. Okay. Like, hence me finding the EVPs that I recorded only oh, an right. hour and I a half away. From, yeah, the Sally yeah, house. I saw that. I saw called that. Called Sally. So. And then uh, on top of that, about uh, 24 hours after I got the help Sally um, EVPs, uh, a three-fingered scratch showed up on my face. Uh, and that was not for me. And that is something that was really, really common to the previous tenants and people who live there. Um, I am taking severe precautions. I am reaching out to a whole lot of people. Okay. I'm doing, I am doing a lot to protect myself. So okay. I'm okay. not going in blind, but right. I am supposed to go there. Fascinating. And I am supposed to make this happen. But I am also. When is this? Winter solstice. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, December nineteenth okay. through the morning of the twenty first. So we're gonna we're gonna oh, be there, wow. starting at midnight on winter solstice proper, and then we got to leave at nine o'clock in the morning there. Okay. Um. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that 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 place has been talking to me for a while, but after the uh, the incident with the ticker, place is screaming at me now. Oh wow. Yeah. And you have no, do you have do you have any sense of I mean do you have any guesses or any um, I don't know do you have any thoughts about it or or are you really like it's calling but I don't know why like do you feel like you have any information that would lead to like here's why or maybe it's that you know what I'm saying uh, hearing hearing the words to me was very clear of help Sally really yeah that's that's what I caught on the EVP was. Okay. Help, and then a long labored breath, and then Sally. Uh, so, but but here's what's interesting: like there there are a whole lot of rules and regulations with that house. I can't do a cleansing ritual. What I I don't really feel good about that. Um, so help. So there. So you feel like this is a that this is there is something for you to do that is. Um, protective or even defensive or but there but that you have a you have a role there's something you're supposed to do 
Not sure what the role is, though. Right, got right? it. Like, totally. Because it. it's so super vague. That's a whole lot to process. Yeah. Um, what I do feel is that this trip is going to end up being the first of many. Uh, I think, as a matter of fact, since I work seasonally, I am actually looking into the opportunity of possibly going out to Atchison for the entirety of next summer and just go and visit the house as much as I can. Uh, because it, if you look at the history of it, it does interact and it does follow. 90, like 90% of the people who walk through its doors have an experience of one form or another. But I haven't even been there yet, and this place has directly spoken to me and potentially scratched me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it? So. Um, do people do people have different experiences? Meaning, are all of the experiences a combination of frightening or threatening, or or not necessarily? Like, do some people have experiences where it's like, yeah, it felt kind of weird, but that's all that happened. Does that make sense? It, it varies. It, it okay. really does. Like, I've done a lot of research into other people who have done just as many investigations. And I, I, I honestly think it... Anytime you look at footage of somebody doing paranormal investigations, it's always just amped up to drama for the right. It's always super blurry. Like it's no, totally, totally. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I look for the ones that that uh, confront it very blankly, right. like. Show me the hosts that have no emotion because right. they are there for the real reason. Right, right. right. And um, everybody has different experiences. Some are very, very intense. Some are very potentially harmful. Uh, like in in too many ways to count. Um, fire. Fire seems to happen a lot at random. Um, but it's... You know, it's. I do not think for a second that any true harm is going to come to me. Okay. But I got a really deep feeling inside of me that um, we're going to experience something pretty significant. Uh, and because of the way this phenomenon works, of course, we're not going to be able to capture it. But we're all, like, me and my team, we're going to have an experience. And I do have a feeling uh, that something is going to try to leave with me. Now, that's the part that concerns me because... Oh, that's I've, interesting. I have done my research on this place. There is more than one entity there. But there is one of them who has never been human. Like, there is something else there. And that's very similar to what I experienced in uh, Brown Mountain. Like, we did... Uh, we did we did two nights of investigation right, in right. Brown Mountain, and the first one was a direct interaction with the lights. They reacted to us, the mm -hmm. like using a laser pointer. They were like jumping across half a mile valleys at the at a heartbeat, mm -hmm. playing with us basically. Second night, something really, really angry came through, or really, really sad. I couldn't really tell. Oh, which. okay, okay. Um, but we did find out that where we were sitting at on the second night was the site of two suicides. So that's probably, go. yeah, right. it probably has a lot to do with it. Right. Um, but no, there is something, uh, there is something in the Sally house that was never human. And, uh, so if you, John question, if you, if you have a sense that there is something there that wants to leave with you because actually entities, um, the definition of them in the spiritual world are typically um, souls that are 
super low vibrating. So for example, if you spent your life raping and pillaging villages and kids and women and right, if mm -hmm. you were a mass murderer, if you were, um, these entities are specific, um, of the spiritual world that are, that are bad, that have been tortured, that led the tortured people and therefore are in a tortured space post this life and that they don't want to go to the next chapter or the next phase or go through the next door. Mm -hmm. And they tend to attach to children. Um, okay. Adults who are super innocent. But what's interesting is that <laughs> for you, what's fascinating to me is that I'm not sure I would define you as innocent. But oh, I, hell no. <laughs> but like, I like it all. But, but. The difference is that you are also, to your point, you are highly, highly empathic. So even though some of your experiences are things where I'm like, damn, I'm pretty sure there's not enough drugs or alcohol to have me, <laughs> no judgment. Like you and I have talked about this before, mm -hmm. but you, something I learned about you is that you remember that time maybe we were in the green room and we were talking about something and whether you want to call it alternative i think it was furries was that what we were talking about remember that night? oh the furry conversation remember? i sent yeah i sent you the and, link of the furries the the shit out. <laughs> that by the way i've ah. saved it i've saved it because it is probably one of my most favorite like right how many yes. times did you watch it? <laughs> Especially because you and I had that lengthy conversation before you sent it to me that gave me like context. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, but, right, what, yeah. but, what, but what struck me is that as a group of us were having this conversation, someone started to go down a road and I don't remember the specifics, but it doesn't really matter. That sounded like they were going to start to make fun of or get yep. snarky. And yep. you said, hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, but I can't participate in this if this is the road you're going to go down, because actually this is something that matters to me. And these are some of the best people. And you, you really stood your ground and stood okay. up for this community of people that you, because you're an empath. And I thought, damn. What if we had more people in the world like Killian who, <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm serious because you took a stand and you were like, I will choose not to remain here in this conversation. Yeah, if, if this if is where you, you yeah. if this is where you're going to go. If you decide you're going to go that right. path with us and yeah, I'm out. You're like I'm and... not, I'm not participating. And no. I loved that. And so here's looping back to what we're talking about. Here's what I think is interesting. I feel like all of the experiences that you have had that you currently have that you will have again while in juxtaposition with that you're a super hardcore empath entities dig empaths because even though you can be that man of steel and go dude i have street smarts that you don't even you you can't you don't even understand street smarts but that's not what the thing is the thing is uh -huh. your empath yeah. And that's the window into you. Like, that's the door. Because you're an empath. A, which is the, why the second night on Brown Mountain, I was in tears. Because things 
there you go. Completely different. You know, there you go. And yeah. so my concern is that as an empath, <clears throat> you will maybe start from a place that allows you to feel strong and defensive and protective, but that from an entity perspective, the window to you, the door that opens up to you is might the be end- a little too wide. Right. And so yeah. you're, I, th- I feel like there's going to be some exercises and I'm sure you have enough people around you that, that delve into this world or live in this world that understand this, but there's, a, there's a, there's a few things that you can do that are just protection. Mm. You know, one of them is quite literally imagining that you are zipping up a jumpsuit. I mean, literally that you're, you know, and you go through the ritual, like zipping. And as you're saying, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm zipping, right. I'm zipping myself up. There are no doors in. If there are any, if there's anything from me, it's going from me out, but nothing is going from out in. I am protected. Exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's yes, 100%. And it's, and it's saying that out loud, right? That I'm going to be in control of my interactions when I walk into this house. And yeah. anything that shows up with me is going to be from me outward, but there is nothing coming in without my express permission. And you have to speak it, in my opinion. Like this is just based on. So the, the, the thing that I've picked up on and from the, the history and the research that I've done on other people that have gone to this house is the understanding that I need to walk into, the, into that place knowing that I am not in control of the situation. Mm-hmm. That house controls everything. But making it very, very clear that we are here to communicate, we are here to have a conversation, you are not allowed to come back with me but I still got this sneaky suspicion that Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, the vast majority of people who have gone there, it does follow them and it fucks with them for a while. Really? And then it goes away and then it goes away at times. uh, Some people are not so lucky. Uh, I don't, I don't think I'm going to have to, I don't think I'm going to have to deal with anything like malevolent when I leave that house, but I think we're going to get provoked while we're there. Got it. Okay. Okay. And okay. I'm prepared for that. I've I've been reaching out to people who are way, way more intense into spirituality protection. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. all of my occultist friends looking for anything and everything. If I show you my if if I showed you my stone bag that I'm I carry with okay. me everywhere, weighs down the entire left side of my pants. <laughs> right, right, right. I totally get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, we're uh we're we're taking we're taking precautions, but um, yeah, in the last year, there there's like five or six different places that are. Uh, the the more and more I open myself up to this, mm-hmm. the more and more it starts to talk back to me. Totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I get it. I do get it. And I think, um, but you know, it's interesting. You you're definitely on a journey, and I think what's remarkable is that you're very much listening and you're very much open. Um. And I'm glad I'm sorry, that you what? have, you're open. Like you're, oh, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I know that's a terrible joke. I don't know. I know. You're like, I'm what? <laughs> but it's just, it's just going to be fascinating to see, to, to see this journey unfold and what your experiences are and how you sort of walk through them and metabolize them. And then what happens sort of before, during, after. And then if you continue to pursue, if your pursuits seem to get bigger and, and the, the callings, if you will, get stronger or if they start to, it's just interesting, but I do, I will say this. I, I feel like I just did get a feeling <laughs> just fun. I just told you the fact that we had to turn this back on three times and I've got perfect signal and now it's working fine. I'm just saying, let me just, mm-hmm. I, if I'm, but I do, here's what I feel like. If you don't sense that your granddad is your spirit guide, here's what I do think. 
based on when this happened and based on the, the firm hand on the shoulder, mm. here's what I do feel like. I feel like his message to you is I may not be your spirit guide, but I'm your protector. That I, that I can feel. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that you looked over at that olive, um, you know, wood, and that, yeah. mm -hmm, and that you felt that hand, it's sort of like, you're going to, you're going to venture down the road. You're going to go and you're going to go into places. You're going to go. You, this is your path and I'm honoring mm -hmm. that path. But when shit gets crazy, I want you to call me by name and I want you to evoke me. I feel like he's going to be part of your protection. That's my fucking granddad, dude. I swear to God. No, I mean, that's what I'm getting right now. Like he's definitely going to protect you and you need miniature. To like that, that, that is his nature. Okay. He is fiercely protective. Okay. It totally makes sense to me. Like, okay. And, um, you know, I, ever since he passed, it's one of those things that I, like, I always feel him with me to a certain extent, mm -hmm. but I think, you know, last weekend was the first time that I, I sensed him on whole new levels that yeah. I had never felt before. You had a tangible um, experience. I mean, you had yeah. A, yeah, I get that. I had a physical interaction, right. and I have been having visual interaction okay. for the last you know week or so since it happened. It's always on the peripheral, but I can't tell you how many times throughout the course of the last week that I've been like... Uh-huh. Granddad? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's nothing like I, anytime that happens, I know it shocks me just because of the experience. But as soon as it registers, I'm like, okay, all right, I got you. I know you're here. I would even suggest, I mean, and, and John, you know me, uh, you know, you and I talk. And if any of this resonates with you, cool. And if it doesn't, chuck it. Like it's, if this is no pride of ownership. It's just things that I'm yeah, thinking about. I feel, it, sister. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like based on that interaction and the fact that you feel him really present, I think that that's not by accident. And I think that he is trying to make sure that he knows that you know that he knows, you know, he's doing, he's doing this thing where it's, it's that, are you looking at me? Cause I'm looking at you. It's that kind of a thing. And I feel like when you feel him, um, I know it's that jump cause it is a really interesting experience, but I feel like what I want you to say, especially cause you have this trip coming up, I feel like I want you to say, Granddad, I feel like that's you, and I'm actually asking you for protection. I think that's why you're here, and I'm actually now I'm asking you formally for protection. Speak yep. it. Our words I've, actually do have power, and I think I people been. forget. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, and as your friend, frankly, I want you to be safe too. Like I'm like, hey, dude, like, can I talk to your granddad too? Because I feel like <laughs> my granddad would have loved you. By the way, seriously, like, no, you, uh, yeah, you would have. You would have cracked him up. It would have been, <laughs> that would have been a fun conversation to sit in on. So, no, but I uh, like I'm, I'm I'm not too concerned about it. I know that I'm going to face some challenges on that trip. But yeah. The one thing that I do know is that I'm not going to be alone. I'm going to be surrounded by two people who I actually deeply trust. Awesome. And who also understand what we're doing. Awesome. And the risks that we're taking doing this. Um. So yeah, not not too worried about it. I just I know it's going to be a challenge and I know that it is probably going to mess with my head a little bit. But. Okay. My just my suggestion is is that because you've had a call for help, right? Like literally you've heard help, right? So you've heard that. 
yeah, and your granddad it, showed up, then you have to warrior up and you have to actually change your whole narrative. Like your narrative has to change into, I am protected. And I wouldn't even talk about fucking with me. I'd just be like, I'm here. And you might've fucked with people in the past, but that's not going to happen to me. I'm here and mm -hmm. I'm here to listen. I'm here to experience, but you aren't, you're not going to get to me. So everybody chill out. I'm showing up and I'm, we're, we're just going to have a conversation. I'm going to be paying attention. I'm here for a reason. Um, but I'm not, I'm not one to mess with. I'm protected. So don't, don't bother move, move along. I mean, this is the kind of crazy stuff I do. Uh, <clears throat> You're, you're, you're talking to the guy who's literally been like catapulting himself into the most haunted places in America for the last several months. And I if true. I told you what I had planned for the first two quarters of 2022, <laughs> you would probably have me committed. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, dude, it's going to get it's going to get rough, but I can't spoil that. Shh. Right. It's going to be a surprise. I'm with you. <laughs> what? I have no it, idea. But for my listeners, if you want to follow the puzzle, look for the picture of my whiteboard and you'll find out. <laughs> I am the Twilight Zone. That's true. Well, John, do you have one more thing? Uh, no, actually, I was going to ask like, how you're doing on time. Are you about ready to wrap it up? Because I know that... I just have to take one kid. So I just got a text. I just have to take one kid another place because the other kid left first because the other <laughs> one was finishing the homework. And so I just got the little like, hey, I'm going to need a ride. I'm like, gotcha. <laughs> no worries. No worries at all. Stephanie, I want to thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Um, please know that you have an open invite to to come back at awesome. any time. Awesome. Anytime you want to dive into this part of your life, the, awesome. the door is open. Awesome. Always a delight to talk with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Um, I know that this is going to be coming out probably a couple of weeks after we're recording this. As I said, I'm, I'm backlogged, but uh, uh, if you're good with it, then on the show notes, I will definitely share definitely. your fireside link, um, Instagram and friends, seriously, like uh, whether or not you're active on fireside as a creator, go and check out the shows that Stephanie here has done because it's, it's really good stuff. <laughs> it, no, no, and especially, you all know how I feel about the pandemic, about everything that's going on and this this whole misinformation and disinformation campaign that we're living through right now. Um, I want to say how much I appreciate you for being a knife to cut through the bullshit. Really? <laughs> well, and John, <clears throat> I will tell you, I, this can make me sound Pollyanna-ish, but um, I'm not kidding you when I say that um, I am vaccinated for not just me and protecting me, but I'm vaccinated for you too. Everybody else. I mean, I and I and I really do mean that. Um, yeah. Um, I mean that sincerely. That's not just me blabbing. I mean, I, I genuinely mean that, and I I adore you and. Likewise, I'm going to be sending you energy for protection. Um, now that I know where you're at, I'm going to I, I I'm going to get my goofy side, and we're gonna we're gonna rock and roll. And I'm going to be sending you protection. Absolutely. Oh, please. Um, no, no, seriously. Like, I really uh, know. I mean, I you you know you know I will. I mean, um, I mean, I I genuinely adore you. You feel like family to me. Um, I already know that if I heard, I mean, when I did hear something happen to you, I was like, you know, I will get on a plane. Like I actually will. Gosh. <laughs> I was uh, going to send you. Food, we almost we almost lost it there for a second. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, I mean, I was going to send you food during that time. I think I asked you, like, do you have DoorDash in your area? Because I was going to send you meals. Like, I was actually really worried about. I, you, so. I thank you that 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 meant a lot to me. It, it really did. And uh, actually, I appreciated everyone's concern after 
that happened, but I am feeling good. I am strong so and glad. healthy. I know I you're going to go visit a haunted house that's calling to you. That's a great uh, life strategy, John. <laughs> yeah, but here's here's another fun tidbit. I got at least 20 years. I know that. Okay. I like that. I'll tell you about that one later. I believe you. But I'm not, yeah, I'm I'm far from done. I got you. So no matter what's going to happen to me and shit will happen, uh, I'm not done. Not I got you. By a long shot. Okay. I totally got you on that. Thank yeah. you. I'm honored no, that you had you. me here to talk with you. I love talking with you. We talk all the time. So I love God, talking absolute, with you. Absolutely. Honest, honestly, like I'm hoping, because I'm, I'm pretty much slammed until uh, January, yeah. although I will be doing a whole lot more stuff on Fireside cool. starting from uh december through okay. january and i'm taking xv planets is going to go on a little bit of a break okay um okay. after we do the sally house venture i'm probably going to take off until march just to rest research and build right. things up okay okay and uh i'll be doing a little a uh, lot more interactive stuff on fireside and for those of you listening and especially those of you in the research triangle don't forget that on december 17th i'll be doing another installment at terror at trophy brews and booze um where we uh we're gonna set up uh an open mobile studio and if you have a scary story that you want to come and share with us or something unusual i don't care if it's a ufo if it's a cryptid if it's a ghost story if your ancestor came to visit like come on over have a beer tell us your strange cool. yeah this is going to be an on we're going to be doing this monthly especially since oh the november 14th episode is actually going to be the day that I get to formally welcome the third member of the XV Planis uh, official investigation nice. team. Yeah, which is Alejandro coming out all the way from, I, I believe it's Arizona. Um, and that'll be like five days after he gets here. I'm sure you're going to be ready for a beer, my friend. So come on up. <laughs> let's get goofy and listen in. I love um, oh, John, guess what? Look at yeah. healed. Can you see it? <gasps> Hey! Oh God! I just oh the stories of you like sticking your nose in salt water is still to this day one of the funniest fucking things that I ever came across. We've actually... <laughs> Why is that not a meme yet? <laughs> We've actually had some funny experiences. I was like, John, I got my ears, I got my nose pierced, <laughs> and I've got my nose shoved in a Oh water. shit! I forgot all oh, that whole the whole piercing conversation. Actually, Do you remember when I was like, I have my terrible. nose dumped in a thing of salt water. You're like, what are you? Doing? You're fucking crying as you're like, I'm good, really, it's fine. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> Stephanie, I love you so. much. I love you too. I love you. Thank too. you. Thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, I'm I, I know that you got to go take care of things, but um, I expect. Uh, for you to join us again at one point or another. I'll I think totally it'd be a hoot it. to have you and Amy on at the same I time. I think so too. I think so too. That'd be awesome. Well, I've been talking to her about having her back on again. Let's uh, let's work on that. I love her. For... She's really cool. She's amazing. I know she, she really is amazing. Is. I love her. Oh God, like uh, that that's a whole other geek out because her respect for the spiritual and the psychology. Uh, psycholo- oh my God, it's just- I nuts. know. It doesn't yeah. exist. Like she's it. She's the one thing. She's amazing. True, unique. Yeah, she really is. So anyway, thanks for having me. All right, Stephanie. Uh, Much love to you. Um, I will be sure to uh, uh, share contact info with you. 
All right, XV family. Uh, I want to thank Stephanie again so much for coming up and sharing her experience and her stories with us. And we, we hope we'll have her back on soon. Uh, I do have just a little bit of house cleaning to do uh, before we wrap up shop here. Uh, I know things have been a little uh, a little different around here lately since uh, uh, since October, uh, but we're about to hit a home stretch, and that home stretch is here in a couple of weeks. Uh, you're going to have a couple of more uh, Magic in the Media episodes dropping, as well as another episode of our ongoing uh, Twin Geeks series with Beth, which is just it's going to be a blast. The further we dive into this insanity, so be sure to you know join in on that nut job of a deep dive. Um, but the important thing is, uh, what this podcast was originally all about, uh, we're going to be diving back into, and that is the spooky and actually going out there boots on the ground, experiencing and, um, documenting that through the podcast. So there's, there's going to be a lot more to that now that I've kind of built up a little bit of a paranormal investigation army at this point. Um, Starting in first or second week of December, I will be starting a four-part series on our experience at uh, Wiseman's View when we went to go look for the Brown Mountain Lights. The two nights that we spent there and, uh, and all of the insanity that ensued through those two experiences on, on two evenings. We'll be hearing from pretty much everyone who was there to witness it and experience it with me. So it'll be interesting to get everybody else's points of view uh, before I start to dive into mine and... Uh, drag on a couple of special guests who uh, will will offer their two cents about what's really going on out there at Brown Mountain. And of course, uh, end of December, we are going to have the Sally House expedition, which I got to admit, personally, it's uh, the, the, it's it's been messing with me um, for a while. So it's it's going to be interesting to to see how that that one turns out. But that will be happening uh, December 19th and 20th on to the morning of the 21st, winter solstice. Yes, you better believe I'm going to be doing some some woo-woo shit out there while we're there. Um, the first night that we're there on the 19th, we will be live streaming a walkthrough of the Sally House and uh, signal and power providing because this place is known to drain batteries faster than uh, you know an Irishman on St. Paddy's Day. Uh, if that goes well, then we will actually live stream um, some of our experiments that we will be doing on site at the Sally House. Now, again, uh, that really all kind of depends on what the house is willing to let us get away with. But uh, if you're available that evening and you want to see what we're really up to, that's Sunday, December 19th on my fireside. And I will have those uh, addresses in the show notes as well. And I think that about wraps it up, folks. Remember, you can find us on all social media as XV Planus. You can find my personal stuff at Folds and Floods. Um, and yeah, if you have a moment, pop over to the uh, the Apple Podcast uh, app and rate and review us. Uh, leave us a nice note or tell us how we can improve. You know, I'm I'm open for that too. I'm also still very interested in hearing about listener stories. So if you want to share. Uh, something odd that's happened to you or if you maybe even want to come on the show and share it email me at xvplanis at gmail.com i hope everyone is doing well out there this winter and i hope you're happy and healthy and taking care of yourself and take care of each other